Simmons. Now today, I will be interviewing the beautiful Miss Kelly Marie. I mean a very gorgeous woman. Beautiful soul, beautiful spirit, inside and out. She is an amazing woman. So y'all already know what I'm going to ask y'all to do. After I talk to her, I really need y'all to go grab them books, the ones that she has up. Now, I am going to be talking with us about the signs today, and I think it's going to be pretty funny. <laughs> it's not all jokes all the time, but I was reading off a few things when it came to the signs and shit like that. So, I have that segment coming up as well. I also have a few opinions from several very smart people about things that I will be talking about today on my opinions piece. Now, Carmen Lachey will be speaking on the coronavirus. And then I have a small commentary from LaShawn Parker on Nicki Minaj and her husband. So sit back and y'all already know I'm going to be doing some ass clapping music for y'all to twerk to, taking you back to the classics and all kinds of shit. So can we get it popping with Miss Jackson? The quickest muzzle, throw it on my mouth and out the climb. King meets queen, then the puppy love fame. Together dream about that career with the good union swing. On the oak tree, I hope we feel like this forever. Forever, forever, ever, forever, ever, forever. Never seems that long until you're grown. Now, y'all know I love some good music. So I had to stop through with a, a small interlude when it came to the good music because I love reggae. And um, I've been listening to a lot of uh, reggae, you know, the new stuff. And I've been listening to a lot of um, Afro beats and shit like that. So the song that I am going to be bringing to you right now is going to be Skip Marley. Yes, that's Bob Marley's grandson. And I really like both versions, the version, you know, his remix, and I like his original. So please, slow wine and slow grind with me real quick to Mr. Skip Marley. Slow down. Girl, I mean love you. Darling, I care, I care for you more than my own self Darling, I share, I share with you all goodness and well Said, we can have just one night, or we can have one whole life If we play it cool, yeah Can have everything if our hearts are true. Girls, slow down. Girl, let me love you. Darling, slow down. Let me get to know you. Set, set. Baby, I've been fantasizing. Just looking in your eyes, you know I'm looking for more And you're what I've been praying for This kind of love don't come around like this I'm not one to play around like this It's so real, and I love how we feel
can have one whole life if I play it cool. So cool. Oh. We can have that one. We can have that one. We can have everything. We can have segment and I want to call it the star signs and now I know y'all already pretty much figured out from the song that I will be giving you know some little funny little quips on you know some shit that we got going on in this astrological shit you know like I'm not the best I am not Miss Cleo so don't call me now but I am <laughs> gonna be looking through a lot of this that I'm looking at right now and I'm looking at cancer because y'all know I'm a cancer. They got us fucked up half the time, child. But <laughs> we're going to start with Virgo. So, the Virgos. I'm reading that you all are very helpful, that you're elegant, that you're perfectionist. But it says that you can be a little fussy, a little nosy, and a little torturous. God damn, y'all here torturing people with your practicalities? At least that's what it say, that y'all practical. But no, it's just weird to me, though, because my teacher was a Virgo. And she seriously was a perfectionist. She was a perfect asshole. I mean, just straight up nasty. Mean as a motherfucker. And all you could smell was her track glue in the class. And then y'all know it's back in the motherfucker, because that bitch had that shit lit. I said, damn, she must have squirted a few motherfucking jumps like the, the Tin Man and shit to keep that shit, you know, laced on the side. Because I swear to God, as soon as she walk up, it smelled like burnt rubber. So, yeah, I'm going to have to go ahead and agree. Yes, Virgos, you are perfectionists because, baby girl, perfectly aligned that motherfucking glue to the point where we was in that motherfucker getting a high off that bitch. So, yes, perfectionist Virgo. So now I see the Aries. Aries, okay. So they hopeful, they active, they energetic. I mean, damn, and then the bad stuff said that they impulsive and, and naive and self-willed and, and quarrelsome and, and so they some fighting while always getting into shit. You know, that remind me of the crackhead that used to sit outside of the curry out and shit. You go in there to get your food. That was an energetic motherfucker. So I guess y'all ain't lying. And he always yelling out that he was an Aries. This Aries nation, baby. So I guess, yeah, his crackhead ass was running back and forth. And, you know, he was hopeful for the future and, you know, passionate about getting his crack. So I, I agree. Yes, very passionate and energetic. And he was honest. It say they was honest, too. So, yeah, he was honest. Can I get some money to buy some crack cocaine? He was dead ass serious. So, next, we're going to go with the Taurus. Taurus. Now, I never really, 
you know, had a lot of tourists, you know, at least they never made it known. So I don't know if this right or not, but I'm going to go ahead and take a stab in the dark. It says romantic, decisive, logical, hardworking, passionate, impatient, artistic, and kind. They only got three bad things on here for y'all, though, for the tourists. Prejudiced, needy, stubborn. Shit, them three things right there can, you know, you can kiss my ass. But you know what, Taurus? All this bad, this good, done trumped out the bad. Those three things right there, a lot of people can deal with that shit. I mean, especially if you romantic, you know, you know, you you going out your way to, to show somebody a good time and show them how much you care. But to be stubborn, I don't know. Stubborn. One thing I can't stand is a stubborn motherfucker. I mean, somebody like somebody can be apologizing and, and laying down on the cross for you and everything, and you just still going to turn the other way. Well, go, Taurus. Y'all got less than everybody on here when it come to the fucked up shit. So I guess I got to give y'all y'all props. Now, oh, shit. Everybody's motherfucking favorites. Uh, so they think. <laughs> Gemini. Now, it says Gemini is insightful. Smart, cheerful, quick-witted, warm, charming. And it said, oh, shit, I can't even read this long list of fucked up shit for Gemini. It says they gossipy. A Gemini? Oh, no, maybe it's their other side. Because you know they say Gemini's got two sides and shit like that. You know that Gemini boyfriend that you tried to break up with and his other side beat your ass, but then the other side apologized in the morning and shit? I think that's what, you know, that's what they mean by the two sides thing because, like, I know a lot of Gemini's, okay, and, I mean, just flip-flop like a pancake on your ass. And the thing is, is that it's not always a bad thing. You you know, you got them good Gemini's where it's like they only flip-flop if somebody playing with their motherfucking asses. And that's like most. So, yeah, you know, Gemini. Okay. Next, let me go with the ones people actually really love. And we're going to talk about these motherfucking cancers, honey, because I am a motherfucking cancer. And yes, I am gentle, imaginative, careful, dedicated, kind, strong, sixth sense. And I'm going to tell you, they damn sure right about that. Because one thing, y'all can call us sensitive all motherfucking day, honey, but you ain't about to pull the wool over our motherfucking eyes. Okay? We some sensitive, smart motherfuckers. And a lot of the people get confused. Cancers cry too much, baby. We crying because we about to kill you. We is about to go to jail. So, of course, we crying. We ain't going to see our kids because we ready to fuck you up. Ooh, this shit say we greedy. And I ain't never been fucking greedy. And I know y'all, man, I mean, shit, who the fuck ain't greedy when it come to money? God damn it. I don't care how many people say, oh, I just, I'm very humble. No, you want your money. Can't do shit without money. Try to walk your nice, humble ass into a goddamn bank, okay, and tell them you nice and see if you get a fucking loan. But then they say we possessive. Now, I know you motherfucking lying. I let everybody live to their lives fucking accordingly. I don't, I'm, I'm not possessing anything, you know, like, hell no, not possessive. Sensitive, we already talked about that. Prudish, what fucking cancers y'all been to fuck around? I don't know who the fuck made this little list here, but 
Yeah, they got life fucked up. Leo's. Leo's. Proud. Charitable. Reflector. Loyal. Enthusiastic. Now, I will say very loyal. And I can't speak for all Leo's. Now, some of the Leo's I encountered. Oh, shit. Now, they fit a lot of this bad shit down here. Arrogant. Conceited indulgent or wasteful willful and like i said i got some leos that i'm tight with real cool and they don't seem to fit this bill but i do know leos that fit this motherfucking bill arrogant conceited i mean ain't got shit but the audacity <laughs> but i'm gonna go ahead and bitch shout out the leos y'all the shit y'all the shit i ain't had too many bad leos but yeah y'all the shit so we have Ooh, did I do Virgo? I don't know if I did the Virgo. Okay. Helping. Oh, shit. Did I do Virgo? Fussy, torturous. Oh, shit. I did do Virgo. Y'all forget that, okay? I'm going to go ahead and skip on to Libra. My daughter, a Libra child. <laughs> now, y'all already motherfucking know. I know about some Libras. Idealistic, reasonable, strong social skills charming artistic kind-hearted now that definitely fits my daughter but honey careless free-willing hesitant egotistic and lazy good god who the fuck wrote this list they got this shit down to a t but then again this seems more of opinions but i see a few things that could possibly you know fit on a lot of what i'm looking at right now but some of it might be opinionated so, I'ma just say, I fucks with Libras. I mean, shit, what's wrong with being, a, you know, a little egotistical sometimes? Because who the fuck gonna root for you better than yourself? Sometimes you gotta build your motherfucking self. I do like the fact that it says reasonable, because there's not a lot of reasonable motherfuckers in the world. So, I definitely want to shout them out for that. That's what's up. Scorpios, the nasty motherfuckers. Who all they want to do is fuck all day and eat ass all night. At least the men anyway, child. Scorpio women are dope. I happen to know one very well. Very opinionated, intuitive, devoted, insightful, sensible, mysterious, rational. Rational? Now, uh-uh. Uh-uh. Bitch, I know you motherfucking lying. What the fuck is a rational? Who the fuck made this list? I should have went elsewhere. I should have called Miss Cleo. God damn it. Nope. Suspicious. Obsessive. Complicated. Possessive. Arrogant. Self-willed. They love calling some motherfucking body arrogant, don't they? You know, I do believe in astrology. I gotta stop smoking. Astrological signs, god damn it. And you know... Most of the time, I feel like this shit really do be, like, on point. But it just looked like somebody threw a little bit together on this one. Shit. Everybody is their own person, and that's something that we all need to realize. We might assess, you know, the, you know, a lot of what we read about the signs as being us, because a lot of it do seem like us. But just know, you have your own shit. You are your own person. So you don't have to go buy a list of things that you read about your sign. Just be you. And the shit gonna come out any motherfucking way. Pisces. Them fishes. Guppy motherfuckers. 
conscious. Ain't we all fucking conscious? The fuck? Oh, they mean mentally conscious probably, huh? Oh, okay. <laughs> Friendly, dedicated, kind, good temper. Bad things, retreating, sentimental, indecisible. Oh, I'm reliable. But I'm I'm still mad that shit say indecisive. Who the fuck wrote this? Indecisible. What is up with these ABLEs at the end? That's not what goes there. Shit. Unrealistic and unreliable. Damn, how you just gonna call somebody unreliable straight to their motherfucking whole face and shit? Damn. The fuck? Aquarius. Unique, tolerant, calm. So <laughs> Let me go ahead and stop y'all right the fuck there, okay? My ex was a motherfucking Aquarius, and this piece of shit was the devil hit motherfucking self, okay? So ain't nothing sensible or calm about that motherfucker. But again, like I said, they their own motherfucker. Everybody their own people. So whoever wrote this list obviously have something, you know, that they were trying to get out about the signs, honey, because that motherfucker got to be mixed with some other type of sign or something, because this was some, some, some slow nigga right here. So I don't really know about this Aquarius one. We're going to go ahead and skip the fuck over that because I know you motherfucking lying. Okay. And what else? Sagittarius. Insightful, rational, mm, brave, lively, and oh, forgetful, unthinking, rash. Now, I know uh, y'all think I'm talking about the rashes that you catch when you go fucking them trifling niggas who live, you know, around the corner from you, know, but they talking about rash decisions, honey. So just calm down. It's not a shot at you, okay? No pun intended. All right? I know your ass still sore from getting that ass shot from when he gave you that shit, but no, we're not talking about that rash, okay? So now we go... <laughs> Oh my God, am I forgetting any one of them? Let's see. Um, nope. I think I got all of them. Because I done skipped over that Aquarius shit. I ain't even going to talk about that. Oh, Capricorn. Intelligent, practical, reliable, generous, optimistic, stubborn. Uh, they like solitude and they suspicious. Everybody's suspicious. I'm suspicious of whoever the fuck wrote this goddamn list. Shit. I don't get it. Tell me if I'm wrong. I don't know much about the signs, like I said. But all I know is that cancers is the shit. And no, I ain't been biased just because I'm a cancer. We are the most loving motherfuckers in the world. Y'all better put some respect on our motherfucking names, all right? We work too hard for this motherfucking shit. For y'all to sit here and act like we a bunch of crybaby bitches when all we do is care. <laughs> I'm fucking with y'all. I don't give a fuck what you think about me. Especially not my motherfucking sign, okay? Because like I said, everybody is different. It's not a bad thing, you know, to be like, oh, I'm a this, so yeah. I, uh, whatever. Now, I hope y'all really enjoyed me reading off all of the fucking signs and, and what they supposed to be and all this other shit. Because I'm, I'm seeing that, that hard working shit a whole lot. Hard working in all the signs. Well, where the fuck? How, what signs is the dead beat ass niggas? What signs is the bust down ass bitches? Hard working and morally bankrupt my ass. <laughs> How you hard working and you morally shit? Work harder on your motherfucking self. And that's all the fuck I got to say about that. Fuck them signs.
Now, I know y'all still a little, ooh, winding and shit from that motherfucking song. Yes, Skip, come the fuck through. Now, y'all know what time it is. It's time for me to sit down and be enriched with my bitch. Best-selling author, international best-selling author, Kelly motherfucking Marie. Hey, hey now, it's your girl, your favorite author, Ebony Diamonds, coming to you with another episode of Fuck Them Books with Ebony Diamonds. Now, right now, I already know y'all heard the intro to this one, so I know you ready for Miss Kelly motherfucking Marie. I know you ready, and she ready too. Kelly, are you there? Hello, Ebony. I am here, honey. Yes, I know you ready. Oh, my God, I've been looking forward to this. Oh, my God, I'm so excited. I'm excited too because literally, and like I said in another podcast, this girl Kelly is one of my best friends. I love her like a fucking sister. Do y'all? I love you too. I'll fight over this bitch. I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) This is my motherfucking sister. So I just want to introduce y'all national best seller. Actually, hold on. Let me rewind. International (laughs) best seller author. Kelly Marie. Thank you, Ebony. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, sis. I got to give you the grand royal queen rollout. Oh, you know, I'm doing the queen's wave right now. If you could see me, I'm doing oh, it. Yes! <laughs> <You're> bitches! <laughs> <laughs> so, Kelly, I always start by asking people where they're from. And of okay. course, they get accent. Yes. So, you go ahead and tell the folks, where are you from? I'm from the UK, from a, a part of London called East London and yeah, yeah born and raised girl clearly I love it <laughs> I mean your accent just do something to me I know human beings act ignorant when they hear you talk Especially- <laughs> if I told you some of the stories okay because you know I frequent New York a lot I got a lot of friends out there and the first two times I went out there it was crazy Ev. but honestly I go crazy over you guys accent <laughs> I do that's crazy because I feel like we just we just talk, but of course, coming from America, we always think we superior and shit. So <laughs> I, I'll accent. We don't have an accent. We just talk, right? <laughs> I know, but you know what? I don't hear my own accent. It's only when I'm talking to one of you guys, I hear the difference between us. Yeah, we- <laughs> but I don't hear my accent. So when people are like, oh, see, I, I, accent, I forget. I'm like, oh yeah, like I do sound yeah. different. <laughs> but see, I would prefer to sound like you. And I would like, yeah, sound- you lit. <laughs> voice swap honey <laughs> i'm telling you this should be lit it be real man so okay you're from london and, yes and, okay that's very interesting because <laughs> in the urban book genre it's not a lot of um you know what i would call people from you know like other countries you yes. know it's not like a lot of people from other countries that write into our genre yes so like what what started you you know like wanting to write urban fiction um to be quite honest, I, I was a reader for so many years. I mean, I read so many books. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, although the obviously the location's different and the accents are different, pretty much the same thing was going on in the UK, but it's like nobody wanted to write about it. Nobody wanted to read about it. It's like in the UK, the British public, they like thrillers and they like mysteries and they like things like Fifty Shades of Grey and that's mm. not good but that's not my cup of tea, that's not something I want to read about so Amen. that's why I ended up being in the urban fiction genre because 
I knew what I wanted to write about and I couldn't find it in the UK. I'm not to say, I'm not saying there ain't no crime books and stuff, but their crime books was different from what I had experienced. Like James Patterson, kind of, like that type. I I didn't want to write that stuff. You know, I didn't want to write that stuff. Like I'm coming from somebody who, like I said, I come from East London. So that's what you guys would call the hood. That's where I grew up. So I saw things and I heard things and I took part in things. So what I'm writing in my books is not all fiction because some of it is actually some of the things I've said and done myself or my friends have said and done. So it's not all fiction. It's just the only difference is the location and the accent because I realised that the urban fiction genre was read by Americans. So I knew that I had to Americanise the way I spoke (laughs) and wrote. That was the only thing I changed. But girl, listen, I'd done that. Been running around with gangbangers. I've dated drug dealers. <laughs> you name it, because it was in yeah. East London. It happened like America that we have gangbangers and kingpins and stuff. It may not be on such a large scale as it is in the US, but it happens here, right. and we're still having trouble with the gangs now. Like there are certain areas in in London that I myself wouldn't venture in because of gangs. There are certain areas I won't allow my son to walk into because of gangs. So it's not just the wow. US. It happens in the UK. The only difference is, is that we, that our gangs have knives, so they're stabbing everybody. Where well, you guys may have guns yeah. and stuff, but ours is stabbing, and that's the, that's the terrible thing. Hey, yeah, Kelly, you know how old you gotta be to put a knife in the motherfucker? Yeah, no, that's what our youths are doing. Ebbs, they run, they that's run around with guns. <laughs> And I think that's because guns are not easily um, obtainable in the UK. You know, like in America, you've got gun ranges and you've got gun shops. and stuff. You can't find something like that. You can't say, oh, I'm going go no. to go and buy a gun. No, only the military and the police in the UK have guns. So they're not something wow. that you can get hold of. So the little corner boys and stuff, they ain't got the funds or they don't know the right people in order to get hands on guns. I'm not saying there ain't any guns, but it's easier to buy a knife than it is to get a gun. And that's why I feel like our right. youth are running around with knives because you go to the supermarket, you can buy a knife. As long as you're over 16 or over 18 years old, depending on what store you go to, you can buy a knife. Or you can just walk downstairs in your kitchen and grab one of your mum's kitchen knives. Right, that's easy access, right? Because we running around. It's a lot of people, of course, a lot of us do not go through <laughs> the regulation to purchase a, a handgun yes. legally through the... <laughs> Yeah, but you're more likely to find that in the household because you get parents that have licenses to have guns for various reasons and things. Their kids will take those. And all all they do is report it missing and they go and get another one, not realising that their child has taken that weapon. Yeah, they're taking it and they're using it. And you know what that goes to show? A lot of things that happen in the U.S. I'll never forget when I was younger. And it's still happening. It's just something that really always stuck with me when I was a kid because I didn't understand. Um, my friend from my class, one of my good friends from class, and I'm in elementary school, her brother, her little brother, took the gun from under the bed and killed their baby sister accidentally. Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah, And it was like, as a child... I, first of all, I didn't understand death like that. Yes, you would. Like, child die. I didn't understand. <laughs> yeah, because like, you, you probably the only death you faced was an elderly. Oh, grandma passed away. Grandma. Right. So you think, okay, old people are dying. Yeah, yes. Right. That's exactly how I thought. Only old people died. And when he came back to school, it was so sad because everybody had this sympathetic look at him. Uh-huh. So it was, you, you know, I didn't understand that. And it always made me feel after that 
Why don't people put the guns up? Why is everybody allowed to have a gun? Why would you leave a gun under the bed where little kids can find it? You know, so it's like I always thought that that that's one of our flaws. Yes. It's definitely a flaw in America. And as you can see, I know y'all get some news over there about us, honey. (laughs) How they come. (laughs) Yes, we get it. I bet we probably look like savage animals no, to the rest of the world. To be quite honest, like I said, Ebbs, it's no different that's going on in the UK. There are so many young people at, that get bullied at school or, or get into a fight and because they lose, they go home, get a knife and go back to school and they will stab a classmate. And it's happening Jesus. almost daily, Ebony. Like, honestly, mm. only a few days ago, five teenagers were killed in the UK. Oh, my God. And and it's it's every day there's a stabbing in the UK. And it's, and, it's, and, and the and the thing that really annoys me the most is the reasoning behind the UK gangs is so pathetic. Like they kill people because you looked at me wrong or you stepped on my shoe. Oh, that's how it be, man. It's crazy. It's, it's ridiculous. I guess people just dumb all over the world, yes, honey. Yes, it is. you will see club shootings over somebody accidentally. You in a packed club. Packed to capacity, right. man. And somebody steps on your shoe and you think the only option is to kill them, even after they apologize. I have seen people yes, apologize for stepping on people's shoes and a big fight still ensues. Yeah. I don't get it. But a lot of it's about image. Because you can't be seen with your friends or your girlfriend or whoever you in the because to say, okay, I forgive you, it's being soft. I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it's a, that. It's a fucked up world. That's why I can understand now where you getting your urban from, honey. Yeah. Y'all got it going on over there too, man. We, we and, it's have, like... and I've lost people I know to mindless stabbings. My friend that I went to school with, her, her, her little brother was killed simply because he was a tall guy, probably about six foot six, six foot seven. And the guy that killed him was five foot two. And his friend, complex. his friend dared him to get into a fight with my friend. My friend didn't say nothing to him. My friend don't know him. My friend didn't do anything to him. And that's what's happening. A lot of these killings is, I dare you to rob that boy and stab him. I dare, and it's just, it's stupid, but it's... That's some dumb shit, and you will lose your life yeah. over a fucking dare. Yeah, but that's the reality. So like I said, even though I'm British, a lot of people's like, well, what do you know about urban fiction? Honey, I live in the hood. <laughs> And I know, I've seen people, my, I've had members go to jail for drugs and robbing and stuff. Like, this is, we live this life. It's all over the world. We don't own it. We don't. And a lot of people don't understand that we don't. The only thing I did was change the accent and the location so you guys could understand. Because, hey, if I put in what I really wanted to write, I understand that the British slang is completely different from the American slang. I don't want my readers right. to use and not understand what I'm saying. So if I have to change a few words in order for me to get my point across, what harm am I doing? I'm not pretending to be anything that I'm not. Right. I'm still living the same life. I'm just on the other side and of the crazy? world. what's crazy... What's crazy that you say that is, is that um, we often have to do that even as American writers, yes. because I'm from D.C., okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, we got friends all over the United States. Yes. Their slang is completely different. Oh, I know. So yeah. a lot of the time, I have to research. A lot of us have to research how they talk. Yeah. What do they call certain things down to soda? Yes. Like what they call that. Because some people, readers, will jump on your ass, yeah. especially if they're from wherever the hell you're writing about. Yes. So it's very important that we speak from the language of wherever we're writing from. Yes. 
We can't be selfish and say, well, this is how I write, so this is how y'all going to take it. No, no, respect the goddamn culture that you're writing about. Yeah, but also you want people to understand you. What's the point of having a bunch of readers who didn't understand half of the things you put in your book? They're going to hate your book. What's the purpose? They hate it. There's no purpose who, in that. Who is this? That's what they're going to say. Who the hell is like, this? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, that's how they look yeah. at it. You know, we've been in this game. How long have you been writing? Just over three years. December was my um, three years. <clears throat> three years. Yes. And how many books do you have? 34. 34? Man. <laughs> y'all know I smoke gas when I hit this damn podcast. <laughs> that shit made me choke. 34. <laughs> shit. I mean, just influent like come on man do that shit thank you okay so i'm gonna get to you know what i'm gonna stop right there and get to that later i want to know what happened to your books because i know i seen a lot of people on your page asking where your books were so we're gonna talk about that in a second but let's go back to being from london yes um do people accept you're writing in london do you have a lot of readers in britain um no i don't have a lot compared to uh, the number of readers I have following me and messaging me, um, only a handful are from the UK. But the good thing is it's growing because when I originally first, I only had one reader from the UK and that actually was my sister. But then word of mouth, you know, went around and my best friend made sure she showed people and people just came across my book. And I remember my cousin was unfortunately in jail at the time. And she was like, uh, hold on, Kelly, is this your book? And she took a and sent it to me and my <laughs> book was in the jailhouse Ebbs. seriously and I could not believe it and she was bragging she's like this is my cousin bitches my cousin I love, it. <laughs> I love it and obviously Don't word after word my books are moving yes. that, that, that just made you feel all bubbly and warm and shit inside this oh Ebony I think the most amazing feeling ever is I went to a party I went to an 18th party with my um my sister and stuff because the mother was the, my sister's best friend so we went to represent and say you know happy birthday to our niece and whatever this lady was staring my sister went over and was, and I was like oh I know that girl I went to school with her so I was like okay so she started talking the woman came over and hugged me she goes I know your male sister but I didn't recognize you as male sister I know your book I read your book I've been following you on Amazon I was like what <laughs> like, yeah she was hugging and kissing me. I was like, oh, my God. And that's it. when I realized, shit, I'm an author, bitch. Like, I'm an you author. Author, you are not only a fucking author. Yeah. You are a best-selling fucking author. <laughs> that's when the God reality damn. hit me because... It going to make you like, wow, yeah. I'm actually doing shit. I yeah. am doing this. Yes. I'm so fucking proud of you. And coming okay. from out of the uk and coming into what what with that you know what people would consider this american writing you know like world this standard it's not urban it happens everywhere because there's hoods and ghettos everywhere like if you go down to jamaica my family's from jamaica and i ain't seen the hood like i've seen the hood in jamaica so they can write a thing or two and they have gang bangers out there they have kingpings like their kingpings are dons and those are some men that you do not play with like some of the things we write out in the book are not it's not all make-believe some of the some of the scenes i put in my books is from 
I've known and I've heard and I've seen with my eyes and people coming out of Jamaica and my family members coming out of Jamaica and stories. <laughs> These are real life people. Yeah. So it's not only in America. I right. understand that majority of the readers are American, which I understand that, but it, it's not only happening in America. I'm telling you, honey. Yeah, definitely, uh, man. You know, in a crazy or of course i've looked at the movie shotters and we know it's just a movie but that shit yes. is real man that's in real Jamaica, that's real that shit that's is very real. real like they yeah. i mean i've heard like even when i went and i'm gonna talk like i'm telling you an urban legend i've mm. heard tales look <laughs> 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 these jamaican kingpin yeah I so much money and then I hear about people taking them down just mm -hmm. like anywhere else. People are trying to rob them. People yes. are trying to kill Like, it's real. We don't own it's it. Real. No, like, it's real. No, it's real. A kingpin in Jamaica was killed probably only a few months ago, Ebony. Oh, my God. He was killed, yeah. But he was one of those dons that gave back the, to the community and stuff like, you know, he took his drug oh money and built up. He bought them clothes and, you know, he gave back the, to the community. And while he was out shopping, um, they robbed him and shot him at his car. So oh it's real God. and it happens. So when we put in these things in the books, they're real. They're happening everywhere, not just in the US. It's happening right. everywhere. The only everywhere. thing is, is that I would say the only difference between the UK, our UK gangsters are different because they are segregated like mm. they're, they're in their own little cliques like you've got the Jamaican gangsters There's, uh, most of our gangsters in the UK are Jamaicans because they come from Jamaica and it was a lot harder in Jamaica so they are rough and tough and you know what I mean so they come and take over so a lot of the shot we call them shutters as you said a lot of the road man we say road man or shutters most of them originate from Jamaica or Africa because right. trust me that's hood if you survive in the hood of Jamaica and Africa you can survive anywhere because <laughs> yeah to the hood that we got out here so I'm telling you those kind of kingpins and stuff are Jamaicans or African but then you got mafia mafia is very uh, large in the UK as well a lot we have a lot of Russian mafias here because obviously it's Europe and it's right from Europe so there are some crazy people out here and then you've got the British um, gangsters you know we call them the roughnecks or the skinheads <laughs> those are the ones that are just crazy for no reason Ebony that they just wake up in the morning and oh I'm gonna kill a shitload of people because <laughs> my, my toast burnt and shit they're the ones that you don't play with either <laughs> Yeah, we call them skinheads because they tend to be racist and they shave their heads and they get these... So that's the same people as here? Yes. Okay, the, the shaved heads, I'm angry yes. at the world because my penis yes. inches and... Okay. Yes, we have a lot of those hair, especially because obviously I'm in the UK and UK is supposed to be a white country, isn't it? So we have a lot of those hair, but we have so many different types of kingpins, like seriously, it's crazy. It's not just the black people doing it. Whites are doing it, the Russians are doing it. But yeah, it's Every, crazy. That's weird that you say that. I'm going to trickle back a little bit. You say it's mm. supposed to be a white country. Well, that's what they say, isn't it, Ebs? That's what they say. You know, because I'm, I'm a black woman growing up in the UK, I face racism from school till now. And I've heard, go back to where you come from. Bitch, I was born here. So what do you mean? <laughs> you know what throws me about that statement, honey? Mm -hmm. I see that they think they superior all over the motherfucking world, huh? Oh, yeah, of course. Because I just was on Twitter earlier, right? And uh, I know you, do you know who Lamont Hill is? 
Um, no, I think it's Hill. He he does. He like he. I'll I'll send it to you later. Okay. But he was making a post about how Trump isn't serious and how he's made us look like a joke as America. Mm. And this this white guy get under there. Well, if you don't like it, you can leave. Get out of the country. This is our motherfucking country. Yeah, yeah. They, um, we, we get that. We get that a lot in the UK. Motherfucking country. We get that a lot in the UK. What you the know? fuck? And, know. Actually, and you know what really just tickles me, which just makes me fucking laugh, Kelly? Yeah. Is they stole this motherfucker uh-huh. from the Native Americans. Mm-hmm. And they act like they fucking own it. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. telling me, you're here telling people who have generational fucking history here, who built this motherfucking country on our back, you telling me leave and go somewhere else because if you can't accept our racism, you shouldn't be here. But you know one thing, you know what the, the what makes me laugh the most? Ed, they talk like they don't want us here. They talk like they have an issue. But my whole thing is this. When we were in our country, minding our own business, in our own villages, mm-hmm. who the Ross told you to come and take us out of our country and bring, bring us to where you were? Ooh. Nobody. And then they like to throw in, you oh. know what they like to throw in? Oh, black people sold black people too. Oh, yeah, that makes it right though, right? Hmm. Because but y'all it's always a coon. Yeah. But it's in the UK, trust me, honey. It's not only in the US, it's in the UK too. That's sad. It's sad. It's, it's, it's very sad. The fact that you only dislike us because of our skin color. Right. As we evolved. Y'all started to hate us for every reason you can fucking find. They yeah. too loud. Well, our voices weren't heard before. Maybe that's why our voice is so motherfucking loud. <laughs> now, because we can be loud. <laughs> Maybe because we can't be loud because we was motherfucking had our mouths sewn shut when we spoke up the master yes. and every fucking thing else. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Take at the door and kiss every... Matter of fact, find the fattest part of my ass. Okay? <laughs> and get big ass smooch. <laughs> my ass body's... Smooch. I mean, I, just, I don't let it, even let them bother me because I just look at them and laugh. I'm like, listen, honey, I have a British passport. I was born in the UK. I have the same rights as you. I can vote. I can go to your school. I can work your job. I can sit next to you. I can ride your bus and I can eat in your stall. What? Exactly. <laughs> and what the fuck are you going to do about it? What? 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, seriously. So um, <clears throat> going back to like, trying to sell do you have any events or anything in london like y'all ever had like an urban book festival or anything no because like i was saying earlier uh the british public they like thrillers and horror books and erotica and things so um i haven't even tried i to be quite honest i tried to look for other urban fiction authors in the uk or a writers group and i honestly couldn't find many so that's how you know that it's not something that is widely known or um publicized here um which is why like i said i i made sure that i changed up the way i spoke and the things i said because i knew it would um hit the american audience more than it would right. in the uk um so but i'm hoping to change that like i said uh, my uk followers is is in I mean, it's building so um yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what the future holds and hopefully I can start doing events in the UK because more people will be on board and more authors will take the leap and decide to write Urban too because it's right. not just in the US, it's happening. And even if you 
for instance, wanted to do uh, one based in Jamaica because one of my best-selling series, I did um, characters, even though they were in the US, I was like, you know what? I'm not American, but I'm I'm half Jamaican, so I can write, I'm going to write the way we talk and the way we carry on, and that's what I did, so it don't have to all be Americanized, you can actually write urban fiction and have the characters based from your country, there's nothing wrong with that, but (coughs) I just want to be able to highlight that we can write urban because we are living this urban life, this urban street life, we are living it, like I said, East London is known as the hood, as well as South London especially South London. That's where the majority of the gangs reside is in South London. So there are people out there that have more stories to tell than I do and have more experience. Don't tell me you're a pioneer. (laughs) Well, no, but my whole thing is this. Like I said, when I started, only one person was actually reading my book. Now, about 20, I've got about 20 UK followers that are literally yeah. now that might not sound like much to some, but for me being in the UK, knowing this is not a genre that we go to, yes, people reading urban fiction is amazing in my books. You're a fucking pioneer. I'm telling you, man, like you you are, you are gonna lead the way. And I know it's other authors, you know, in the UK, y'all are gonna be the fucking voice and watch how many people start. Y'all gonna start yeah. a fucking book revolution in London. Yeah. I'm telling you, that's amazing. Like, even you know, when we first started talking and you know, became friends, I was so fascinated because <laughs> I, I was like, what goes on there? You know, like what I was fa- I'm already fascinated with London yes. anyway, with Europe actually, but I love London. I really can't wait to come. Yes. And <laughs> you better come and visit me. Patient with it, but you fascinated me even more by writing in the genre because I'm like, well, let me check out what the hell going on over in London. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? to relating it to this shit you know and when i started to get to know you i learned so fucking much yeah it happens here shit yeah man but no so would you be open to have a book event in london if you can get enough authors rounded up because you know you're authors of course i would most definitely i would i I think you definitely should Mm-hmm. That'd be used for a lot of us to skip out for at least a week. Come across <laughs> this side of the pond, see what's going on over here. <laughs> That's what y'all call the pond, right? Come up across the pond. Across the pond. <laughs> I love it. All right, so now let's get into your books. Yes. Now you said you had thirty-four books or thirty-six. Thirty-four. Okay, so it's thirty-four books. Yes. Now, um, what I know it was a situation like that happened, mm-hmm. and. What's your view on this situation? Everybody feels differently about it. Yeah. Everybody has their own, you know what I mean, in hindsight moment and shit like that. So, okay, I understand your books are down right now. Yes, they are. All of your books are down right yeah, now. Yeah, except for two that I've recently uh, released myself. Um, right now, if you go on my author, Amazon author page, I only have two ebooks. The rest are. Um, paperbacks from when I went out to Atlanta and I did the book events and that is it but the rest of my I have 32 ebooks missing they're all gone and then and I only have two of them so I mean did you get your rights back um I got my rights back to three series out of 34 yes wow you would think you didn't sit there and write all those books yeah 
Yeah. I mean, shit, hold on. You sat there and wrote all those books, and yet you only get the rights to three of those books back? Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, like, how the fuck you feel about that? Like, how that's making you feel right now? Um, beyond angry, Ebony, beyond angry, because, like you said, we wrote those books. I wrote that book, and I feel like... Uh, I'm going to call this person Voldemort. Um, I feel <laughs> like should not be <laughs> I feel like Voldemort <laughs> doesn't care and is acting like to say he helped us write those books or he was babysitting our kids while we wrote those books or do you understand <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, and for me being right. a single mum, Ebs, I went through hell and high water to write those books. There were many times mm. when I was sick and had fever and I was writing my books to meet my, my deadline because I, I always give myself mental deadlines um right to keep pushing myself and motivating myself so i i feel like i was a consistent dropper i don't feel like i waited like two three months between each book i always tried to get a book out once a month so you understand the amount of work we're putting in you yourself being an author you know it so i feel like right all my hard work has just been taken and the and, and the person's acting like he did all the hard work and he has rights to it and we basically have been blocked from our works we've been banned from it like to say we need permission and i don't understand why i need to ask permission to have my work back that i wrote yeah. my that's my creation that's my thoughts that's my experience yeah. that's my characters that's my thought process not yours you had Your no you had no input except for the cover. Like, don't piss me off. So not even that, because his 50% pays for those fucking covers. So all I'm saying is, is that we still have those anyway. So yeah, you got your just do, sir. No, but what I mean is it um when it came to the covers, that was the only thing we couldn't control. It was his input because he was dealing with the designer. Oh, put that there, I like that, and I did that. We didn't get to say I want my cover to look like this. But I'm talking about right. the book itself. We wrote it how we wanted to write it. Right. We made our characters do what we wanted. How yeah. we wanted them to look. We did it. That went how we wanted them to do the whole that fucking story. But how, how dare you tell me basically I need permission to have that what is mine? What I sat there and wrote. What I the days I ignored my children to finish my book, the days that my kids were sick and I still sat up in the middle of the night and wrote. Don't piss me off. So for me, it's a very touchy. Uh, situation, Ebs, to be quite honest. Like, I'm, I understand. Because three years I've been writing. I wrote my first novel, novel December 2016. And after three years, I have two ebooks that I've put up myself recently to show for it. It's just indescribable. It's, it's absolutely indescribable. Yeah. It is. It leaves you at a loss. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're slowly, you know, getting ourselves together. Yeah. But at this point, some of us are still in a mental standstill. To be quite honest, I am as well. It's there are days. I have good days and bad days. Um, I, it took me a long time to even, like, he literally, after everything that was going on, all the back and forth and the lies and whatever, you know, because you're part of it, it, it mm -hmm. felt like it literally sucked the joy out of writing out of me and it took a lot to build it back and he almost crushed me because for the last three years and for the long even before that this is how I got into writing I've always I always was writing 
you know, I used to write books and leave them on my laptop and read them myself. But I always wrote books. And it's something that, Ebony, seriously, like, it's, I feel like I live, breathe and eat writing. And I know that sounds so cliche, right. but it's true. I could be in my car and I could be driving down the street and a song will pop on. And as I'm dancing in the, my car, driving to my destination, a club scene will pop in my head and I'll be like, yeah, and she said, and he did, and he watched, and they crossed eyes. And, yeah. and a book will come to my head. A character will come to my head. And even when I'm trying not to think of a book or a character, so I know that I'm supposed to be a writer. I know this is what I'm supposed to do. And, but then I, I'm, I'm, I push myself to bounce back because I thought, hold on a minute. You didn't make me a writer. You didn't give me my thoughts. Mm -hmm. You didn't make these characters pop in my head. You are uh, no I'm not allowing you to steal that from me. I'm not going to allow you to steal that nope. because you never gave it to me. And that's what made me bounce back and manage to put out my um, my new series that came in um, January and February because once everything went down in November, I hadn't done it. Was the book that was supposed to come out the day everything went down. So that was October was the last time I wrote a book. The Morley brothers, yes. right? And I had to force myself to to remind myself why I started writing, why I fell in love with writing, the joy of writing, and know that he can't take this. Nobody can take this away from me because nobody gave it to me but God. <laughs> yep, that's your path. It's your it's your it's internal. It's like in your soul, and a lot of us can seriously relate to that feeling. Yes, like a lot of us, and we all talk. You know what I'm saying? A lot of us just was literally emotionally crippled by this. Yes. Everybody think it's just money and no, it's it not. wasn't just the money. You're talking about your fucking work, your life. Yes. Our work is life. Yes. That shit make me emotional right now. We but... have nothing to show for it and that's what yeah. hurts the most because yeah. people come up to me and be like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm an author. Oh, what books? I only got two books to, to show. <laughs> yeah, you gotta explain this whole fucking thing and it's like you gotta fucking explain this to them, and this is what happened. You yeah. gotta, it's like a fucking spill every time. You gotta spill. Yes. And, God. and it just brings it back. All the negative thoughts that you tried to get rid of and push yes. past, and the barriers that you had to get over in order to start writing, you're reminded of it every single day. Yeah. There's no getting away from it. And still, like you said, we're still battling and we're still fighting and because it's still there lingering. No matter how much you try and push it's still there lingering you know but I'm determined I'm not gonna let it beat me Ebs I refuse to lie down and let it beat me I refuse to roll over and I'm not and I'm gonna keep pushing and I told myself I made the promise to myself that the only time I will ever stop writing is when I stop getting an idea and I stop getting yes. characters and the plot I'm not letting nobody on earth that can die just like I die, who bleeds like I bleed, who eats and sleeps like I do. I'm not giving nobody no power over me. Nope. And that's nobody. And a lot of us, we gotta take that shit back. That's all we can fucking do. That's all you do. Man, that's Kelly. <laughs> no, seriously, it's a lot. And you know, I know it takes a lot. So I thank you for coming and talking because it takes oh, a lot for us to me. talk about this. Of course. But it really, you know, takes a lot for us to speak on this shit. And yeah. it's like people, if they won't understand until they hear it from us, because yes. they're only hearing what's being passed around social media. And it's like they're not hearing it directly from the authors. 
I don't understand that. For me, Ebs, is like if something happens and I see something happens on the news or social media, I'm not going to the people who heard or or they think they know. I'm going to the source. I'm going right. to the people who are involved. So I'm not going to listen to he said, she said. And it, it's coming from somebody who heard it off another person. No, because you weren't there. You were not a part of it. So I feel like those people that are running around on Facebook and making up their own presumption about what happened and how half of us was corrupt and silent. Right. No, honey, no, 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 no. Talk directly to us and you'll know and find out the truth rather than listening. I'm not sitting there and I'm not believing anything I see online. See, for me personally, I know why I feel the way I feel and I know why I'm angry at Voldemort because of the person things that I said and did between us I know who he is nobody can tell me and nobody can pull wool over my eyes I saw him for who he really was and that's all it is but I'm not going to sit there and listen to social media or what somebody else says because that's their opinion no no I'm going to judge people based on how me and you interact and what I've seen and experienced. So talk to the authors that are involved and stop watching what people think they know what happened. Uh, oh, I know this because six years ago, such as... Right! Oh, that's not me, and I'm not from six years ago. Don't put exactly. that in the and that's box. What, that's what just really bothers me. You see these people on these social media sites, and they're like, oh, wasn't these authors the same ones who blah, blah, blah? And my thing is, is bruh, you can't compare everything to this. Yes. Or you can't meet one person who's corrupt and say we're all the same. You cannot do that because we're authors. We're all the same. No, we're not all the same. We don't write the same. We don't think the same. We don't speak the same. We're not the same people. We are just an author, but we are not one person. So because that author was this, that and that or dick riding, whatever you want to say, everybody else is, no, honey, don't put me in the same category as them. If you want to know something, ask me and I'll tell you, but don't presume that you know me. Exactly. And that's just what's really bugging a lot of us is because people passing all this judgment and don't know shit. Yep, and jumping on like they know. They really don't. And (laughs) I feel like it's important, you know, even through my podcast to, you know, let everybody know the real fucking situation. Yes. We have been behind the scenes since day one trying to figure this shit out on our own. We were not standing blindly or acting stupid. We just wasn't putting on shows for fucking social media. Because at the end of the day, we don't have to. And second of all, how was that helping me? By me going and putting a show on Facebook, was that helping my situation? Was that bringing my books back? Was it bringing my money back? Was it bringing everything I've worked hard for for the last three years? Did it fix it? So that's why we said nothing. Because we said nothing. We needed to figure out what we needed to do. Right. That's all. And the crazy part is when we did start to speak out on it, it's because we realized nothing we were doing, nothing that we can do was changing this fucking situation. Because we try. People don't know. See, a lot of people thinking, okay, we just... We waited until such and such blasted doing blasted. No, a lot of us didn't say anything because we were waiting and we were we were waiting thinking, okay, you know, let's try and work this out. We were being good. We were the ones that were being good. The the ones that were quiet and said nothing for a long time. And we were actually still willing to work with Voldemort to get a resolve because all we wanted to was a, some, it to be fixed. We right. waited an answer we we wanted something we either wanted the truth we wanted an answer we wanted our books but we wanted something 
So yep. that's that's all it was. Yeah, we were still trying to negotiate to get our Thank fucking you. shit back. But and when nothing we realized we, we were getting nowhere, yes. when we started speaking up. Because you're not going to rob us and then silence us. I'm no. always... No. And that's all it was. Oh. And people need to understand that. It was a highway motherfucking robbery. We said, oh, fuck no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no, no, sir, not today. <laughs> not today, Satan, not today. Not today. I'm on the clock to get the demons away. <laughs> not today. <laughs> I'm telling you, you got to make noise. And yeah, that's I need all of y'all right now, because me, Kelly, um, Bianca, Tina mm-hmm. J, um, a lot of us are on Twitter, and we're doing these retweets of my pen tweet, Ebony Diamonds 86 on Twitter. Go tweet that repin tweet. Yes. It is important that people hear this story. This is major, but it's not going to be major until y'all make it major. Right. It's time to stand we, up. It's time to stand up. Stand we, we, we were silent for long enough, and that's what people don't understand. And now we've had enough, and now we're going to fight back. Because like I said, Ebs, I refuse to roll over and take this. Nope. No, sir. I only fuck one man, and that's my husband. So there no you man, go. sir, you fucking me. There you go. Nope. There you go. And I'm telling you, I keep everybody who come on here, I got to remind y'all, retribution is coming. Yes. We want to get this shit. Yes. We are going to make, I'm telling you, you know, my damn, I know a lot of people don't believe in, you know, like, you know, like, you know, when you get your Scorpio signs and all that stuff mm-hmm. and, you know, tarots and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, I believe in my readings. <laughs> 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 and the ones I keep getting got me saying, come on, y'all, we got to stand up and get together on this. That's it. We do. We need to band together. And and there's, there's power to. in numbers and unity. <laughs> it really is. And, and we can fight all the way in London. Exactly. And it costs nothing to speak out and retreat. It costs nothing. Mm-mm. It costs nothing mm-hmm. to speak out and tell your goddamn story. Yes. So, Ebony, thank you. And I applaud you for giving us a platform to speak out, girl. Of course, yes. Yes. You know I love you. All my author friends. Mm -hmm. That's good. (laughs) Yeah, good for you, Ebs. Well done. When I saw you were doing this, I was like, yes, that's my sister. Good for you. So when you asked me to be a part of it, yeah, I was waiting for my invitation, honey. You already knew it was coming. I had to line up. I already knew it was coming because I said, yep, tell me that. (laughs) <laughs> like let's go that's why they all author friends all my author sisters yes all my friends everybody let's stand up for each other honestly yes yeah we, we do stand up right now this is going to happen so we got to give people warning shots y'all yeah we do so we have to walk in blindly we can't let people keep falling prey to this type of shit and look at how we were taken advantage of some of us has been with him for years y'all yeah yeah, and we were still blind to the bullshit. Yeah, so I promise you, it costs nothing to just stand up. We already lost everything, y'all. There ain't nothing else to lose. It's only other things, to, things to gain now. I mean, that's it. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Yes, that's all I gotta say. Let's stand up. Go on Twitter. Retweet that pen tweet again. It's Ebony Diamonds eighty six. Kelly, can you please give us your social medias that they can reach you on? Okay, so Facebook, um, it's Kelly Marie N. Um, 
My Instagram is blessed underscore Kells83. And um, I, I have Twitter, but I, I, I need to learn how to use it better. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm on my Instagram and Facebook religiously. So those two, those are my, my, um, those are my social medias for Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. So what are you working on now? You got something new? Yes, I'm in the middle of um, a book. I'm almost finished. I've got the cover out, so I'm excited about that. I'm hoping to be finished by, you know, middle of next week so I can get it out by the weekend. And it's about four brothers. Um, so I'm excited because this one's a bit different from my usual writing. I try to, I always try to, I, for me, I'm my, I'm my own competition. I don't look at what anybody else is doing book and I try outdo my last book so right. this pushed me to write in a different way and I would say it's a bit of uh ratchetness for me <laughs> more than the usual I always do a little bit of it but this one's <laughs> a lot more so I just feel like I push myself out there so I'm really excited it's about the Preston men and the women who love them and it is going to be one of the funniest books I've written in a long time like <laughs> I was writing a few scenes but I was crying laughing at the shit I was yes. writing so I'm excited and like I said I'm hoping to get it done um by mid next week to have it out by next weekend and um, the title is nothing like loving you oh yes okay yes. okay sex appeal <laughs> <laughs> all right so you know what I have to ask you to do this. Oh my God, what? Can I please get a fuck them bitch? <laughs> With my proper accent. <laughs> With a proper British accent. Yes, girl. <laughs> yes. This is Kelly Marie saying, fuck them books. Yes! Y'all heard it. Go check out Kelly Marie. And y'all gotta go pick up this book called They Call Me Long. So when she puts that back up there, I know she's. I know she got it in paperback, don't she? Yes, I do. Please go buy that in paperback. When I tell y'all, she went clean the fuck in <laughs> my first book ever. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, I loved it, and I did read it. She just don't know that. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I loved it. I love Law. So. Can I just tell y'all? Thank you so much for joining me and Kelly Marie on this beautiful segment of Fuck Them Books said it. with Ebony Diamond. <laughs> Holla at y'all later. Bye. Toodles. Hey, y'all. So I'm coming to y'all with good places to write. Now, my reasonings behind some of these, you know, good places to write. Um, uh, Starbucks. For some reason, all the hustle and bustle and all the shit around you kind of makes you focus. It makes you, like, you know, ignore it all, even though it's a lot going on. It's just a it's a really good place to, you know, get your right on. I swear to God. Try it one day. Go in there and get something to drink. My favorite is a mocha. I love the mocha coffees. Shit is so good. They're the best to me anyway. Um, I like the salted caramel mochas too. Those shits be a hit. So try to go to Starbucks and get your right on one day. And I don't know if you have um, Wegmans, uh, grocery stores, wherever you live. 
But if you have a grocery store similar to Wegmans where there is uh, cafes and shit like that where you can sit down and, you know, just spend your day writing, that's a good place. It's so much space in there and there's so many little corners and shit that they have. You can sit there and just really, really just write. And then, like, outdoors. I swear, I don't know if a lot of y'all smoke weed, but y'all know I smoke some weed. So, you know, I take, you know, sit outside, roll you some blunts, you know, and sit there and just put your headphones on, put on whatever you like to write with, the music, and just zone the fuck out. Sit outside. The shit is gorgeous. You'll see the birds flying past, and then you'll smile, and then you'll write more words, and it's just the fucking fresh air just does something. It's just a beautiful scene. Sit outside. Go to the park. Sit at the park. Write. The library. Just get out of the house to write. And I promise you, you'll come with this stroke of fucking genius so easily because you're in this this new, you know, this, this new environment. Just take your time and fucking smell the fresh air, literally, <laughs> while you're sitting outside with your laptop. That's just something, you know, I really would like to say. Find a great place to write and go with it. I promise you'll get so much more work done. When I sit in the house and write, I swear to God, y'all, it's like fucking torture. I got the TV on, the kids running around, all kinds of crazy shit. And sometimes you can't get out of the house. Make your own goddamn environment. Go out back. Shit, get a ass some fucking peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and turn something on. You know they like singing shit. That's my shit too. But it's like, damn, let's find a way to keep pushing these goddamn books out. We want to be read. Let's get read. The only way we're going to be read is if we write. Write on. Now stick with me because right now we about to talk about Nikki. So, I want to know, how do you feel about your favorite rap artist, Nicki Minaj, and all of the things going on with her association with pedophiles and molesters, like, granted her husband, the situation happened when he was 16 and the young lady was the same age, but I guess he tried to rip her off and she was not with it, so that's how it became a charge. But what about her vouching for her child molesting his brother? Like, as a mother of a daughter, how do you really feel about that? Do you really still feel like you want to support a woman who just says or carries it like, oh, it ain't me? hold y'all too long on a childish game Bino, but that y'all still rock like a motherfucker now i am coming back with this Nicki minaj and kenneth petty um i was uh <laughs> y'all know i'm a huge barb i'm a big Nicki minaj fan i can't tell Nicki how to live her life i cannot tell her who to be in love with i can't do it it's not you know what i mean my place or anybody else's place um i can say as for me, I know it was a long time ago and, you know, then he had the other charge when it came to, you know, the manslaughter and shit like that. Um, Listening to what Mouse said, you know, what LaShawn said, LaShawn Parker from the, the comment that you just heard. 
I have to agree with her. I have to 100% agree because um, look at all that Nikki's going through just so she can be with him. And it's like, damn, she had to put her her, you know, her address online and not that people can't find it, but it's like more so it's like anybody can know exactly where she lives. Um, all because he has to register as a sex offender and stuff like that. And then I've heard people say things like, well, it was, you know, it was so long ago and all this other stuff that that's not even the, the point of it. Yes. He served his time. Yes. He paid his debt to society. He has, but it's like, as far as the choices we make, you know what I mean? Like he, he's, he's still, he's always going to be held accountable for it. And Nikki as, um, his wife, they, people looking at her sideways too, because like LaShawn said, you know, they felt like she vouched for her brother. She was putting up bail. She paid for his lawyer, all kinds of shit. Now that. If my brothers were to do anything like that, and, like, I know, you know, they did that shit for sure, no unrefutable, deniable, like, they knew her brother did that shit from Jump Street, like, when it first came out. I can't get with that shit. Like, I, I love Nikki as an artist, you know what I mean? But it's like, I just, I it's not my place, like I said, to put a blessing on nobody's fucking relationship. Let me just state that first and foremost. I said that already, but let me give it to you again, because some people only like to hear what they want to fucking hear, okay? It's not my place. But I'm just saying, for me as myself... I just would not put myself in that situation. You might like him. I mean, honestly, we like, where the hell he come from? Like, we don't know if she knew him from back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Or none of that shit. But it's just like, damn, it's really not a fucking good look. And like, they was even talking about how she was vouching for Lord Tapashi, pussy face, Takashi. <laughs> His weak wannabe wankster ass. They was vouching for Malibu. She was vouching for Malibu's most wanted and shit. So it was like, damn, it just seemed like pedophiles just like sharks swimming the fuck around and shit. And I just, you know, like I said, I'm not trying to judge Nikki. If Nikki is happy, she's happy. I mean, I surely wouldn't be happy to be going through all this shit for the sake of this nigga. But like I said, I can't tell Nikki what the fuck to do. I really can't. So as far as that situation, just know, like, I fuck with her music, but I can't fuck with her choice of niggas. Because if she was going to choose a felon, baby, she should have chose Jeremy Meeks. Okay? I mean, he ain't shit, but at least he ain't running around sticking hoes at knife point for the kooka. Nope. Sorry. Can't fuck with it. Rape is like the worst thing you can fucking, like, besides killing somebody, you know what I mean? Even a man, because yes, men get raped too. So, ladies, let's not laugh at men when they come forward and say that they get raped. How do they do that, bruh? It's not even about a woman jumping on their dick or anything. You could bust a nigga in the head, tie him up, and stick a fucking dildo up his ass. That's rape. That is fucking rape. If a nigga is too intoxicated and he like, nah, bitch, get off me. I don't know you. And you sit on that nigga dick, bitch, that's rape. And the shit ain't fucking funny. So, yeah, nigga, dudes can get raped, too. So let's all remember that. It's not a gender-biased thing. No, it's not. We can't just say we own rape. No. Men get raped, too. I know y'all seen them prison movies and shit. That shit be real. Niggas get fucked and raped in jail. Like, that shit ain't pretty, man. And it ain't, it ain't fucking funny, either. And speaking of niggas fucking niggas, 
Did y'all see that shit with Andrew Gilliam? I ain't gonna drag Andrew Gilliam. I'm sorry, I kind of feel bad for the man. Because, like, shit, the whole world see this? Nigga, you black and you smoking meth? I don't, and then you, you in there with a male prostitute, you got a whole woman at home, I don't want to drag you, but fuck it, I'm going to drag your motherfucking ass. Now, that shit sickens me, and that's how a lot of women get caught, you know what I mean, with STDs and all kinds of shit, and not just because he's fucking another man, I mean just cheating in general. Like, you running around sticking your motherfucking dick in anything with a warm, open fucking space, and then you bringing that shit right back into the fucking house to me. Like, damn, is it really that fucking bad? Like, you really hate a bitch that motherfucking much that you will put her health at risk? You embarrass the fuck out of your kids just to get you some asshole. You in there smoking meth, nigga? What are you doing? We'd prefer if you put some crack in the pipe. God damn, Murray and Burry, he said, oh, this bitch set me up. Even he was smoking crack. Like, damn, like, you really had to go to the meth? Have you been in politics too long? Andrew, do you hear me when I'm talking to you? I know you probably hiding under the motherfucking bed with your ass cheeks in the air, scared of the shit of the fucking reaction. But brother, God damn, I don't even live in Florida. And I was rooting for your ass when you was trying to run for, um, what was you running for, governor? I was like, go, Andrew, go. Everybody was, go, Andrew. And here you come with your milk ball head ass. Getting caught up in some old bullshit. Why you had to be like all fucking... God damn it, Andrew! Just what the fuck were you thinking? Did you have to do it? Was the ass good? And then he probably was high as a fucking kite when they called the goddamn police. I would have hid in the motherfucking mini-fridge. They would have stuffed my ass in there. Damn, nigga. I just feel bad for his fucking family, though, y'all. His fucking family, like, he, they got it fucking worse. Like, just knowing, like, that shit will blow my whole motherfucking life. Like, be honest with your fucking self. Be honest with me and be honest with your motherfucking self. You got bitches out here looking crazy. Like, motherfuckers really out here looking crazy, y'all. Because niggas on some down low shit and that shit just not cool. Imagine how heartbroken his wife gotta be right now. And then she probably found out on the fucking news. Like she found out on the news like every fucking body else. Because you know he ain't calling and say no shit like that. Hey babe, I got caught balls deep in a male prostitute. Nigga OD. You know he ain't call her with that old bullshit. Because you know she was not fucking going. Y'all already know. Because as soon as he walked his motherfucking ass in the door, he would have had a goddamn cast iron cornbread skillet right up the back of his motherfucking head. The fuck were you thinking, Andrew? Damn, you just had to fucking let us down, didn't you? Now, you know what? My voice is giving out. I don't have too much left. Because I really want to talk about this coronavirus. But I have Carmen Lachey. And she got a nice little something for y'all. <laughs> and when I tell you I had to get her on here to talk, because when I saw her Facebook posts, I was like, baby, you better talk. You better speak. And this girl is educated. She's a very educated black woman. 
Um, she has two degrees. Okay, she is still in. She's in for another degree right now. And best of all, she writes another black female author. So go check out Carmen Lachey. And she is my shout out for today. So author shout out to Carmen Lachey. Go on Amazon and purchase. She is indie now. She is writing her motherfucking books. And she is stacking up so she can be great. She already is fucking great. And one day she going to get me off with her law degree. <laughs> she going to walk into jail. Ebony, what the fuck you do now? And I'm going to be like, come, I need to do shit, man. These motherfuckers got me fucked up. Bitch, no, you didn't. Yes, you did. Bitch, yes. She going to come in there and bail me the fuck out. Let's go. Carmen, let's holler at you. Okay, so let's speak on this coronavirus epidemic. Um, it's fraudulent. First of all, if you do your research, the coronavirus has been around. But the coronavirus is not deadly. The flu has killed more people than the coronavirus can ever or will ever kill. Right now, globally, the coronavirus has affected 100,000 people. The flu has killed a hundred thousand people this year the coronavirus has killed in the u.s 40 40 to 48 people i don't know about china but what i do know is china has reported that 3245 people have gotten better those are good numbers the flu wouldn't have healed all those people had it been something more deadly than the flu like this state of national emergency that trump dumbass done call and everybody closing schools down this is all got something to do with the election how come that we're close to the elections and trump was losing um suddenly we got this coronavirus his numbers were way down if you follow anything political trump republican numbers were way down suddenly we got this damn virus to shake it up suddenly we it's killing everybody supposedly now how come that if this coronavirus is killing everybody they have a specific date on when people are going to return to school so what you're saying is oh we're going to destroy the virus by april 30th or um no it's not even that far i think kids go back to school april 16th or some people are going to make school March 31st. Are we going to have the virus cleared up by then? How, how, how sway? Why is it indefinitely? How come you, how can you put a time frame on when you know for a fact that you're going to cure something? Because that's him. Watch Trump come, magically come back out with this fake ass cure and his numbers are going to go up in the election. It's like nobody is crazy. If, why why where is this same energy for the flu who is that's still around the flu will never go away the flu will be around for decades and decades to come where is this state of national emergency for the flu that is the most deadliest thing that we have flu and pneumonia where is this state of national emergency for those things that have killed way more than the coronavirus has killed the flu is way deadlier than the coronavirus and pneumonia. Those two things are way deadlier. Why was the state of national emergency issued for those things? The flu to this day, 2020, March 14, 2020, has killed more people than the coronavirus. Where is the state? The flu is more deadlier. We, we know one thing allegedly as a fact for the coronavirus. <laughs> 
It only kills old people. No one young has been di- has died from the flu that did not have underlying issues. That means the coronavirus is killing uh, people who are not healthy. Okay, that's not deadly. The flu kills every damn body. It doesn't matter if your immune system is healthy or weak. The flu is killing everybody. You could be a perfectly healthy individual and you can catch the flu and die. The coronavirus, so allegedly, how the how the news is put it out is only killing people with a weak immune system. That's not bad. That's not as worse as the flu because you can get your immune system up if you're young. If you're old and you old as shit and you already have underlying health issues, then it's nothing for you to do. Again, this isn't a cause for a panic. This is something that the fucking news and Trump is putting out there. He's making this goddamn mass hysteria, which hysteria is something that you manifest in your mind. If you manifest that you have the coronavirus, then you're going to act off of that. And what he's doing is his weird ass is feeding off of these weirdos in the world who who have been planning since they got in their mind that the world is going to come to the end. We're going to be an apocalypse. We're going to be the aliens are going to take over. It's really people like that in the world who have been planning for this for years and years who have these underground bunkers full of shit who have been ready like who have guns these people will take it upon themselves to go out and start killing motherfuckers because they think that they're protecting themselves they think that this is what they've been training for these idiots have bred this into their kids minds like these people don't deserve to have kids they have told their kids like we we getting ready for the end of the days the end of our worlds all that shit these people have guns and weapons to last them for years and years these are people who probably have more guns in the army you have just unleashed all these crazy ass fucking people because of you don't declare the same for national emergency. Now all these goddamn weirdos are going to be out in the world thinking that they're in attack, that they're in a survival mode. These weird ass, th- th- this is the damn purge come to life. All because of this stupid ass man who set this shit into motion. For what reason though? For what reason other than election? It's not that fucking deep, sir. It's not that serious. You want to win an election, so you fucked up the world. You are bankrupting people. You're taking from tourists, from people who who um work work overseas, like Jamaica and Mexico and Bahamas, who who whose family thrives off this tourist money. Ain't nobody going nowhere at this point. Tours are being stopped. Uh, planes are being halted. How are these people gonna survive and pay their bills? Now people not going to work. At the end of the day, landlords are people like my mo- my mother has uh for rent houses, and and she depends on a lot of those money from her people. So so what you're saying is they can't get paid because people aren't going to work. So if people aren't going to work. People can't pay their rent. If they can't pay their rent, guess what? Their landlord can't pay bills as well because it, how you gonna get it if, if if they're not working? How you gonna get your rent money if they're not working? So this is a fucking domino effect. For what reason? This all goes back to the presidency. Like, nobody is stupid. No, no. Like, if you stop logically, if people stop panicking and use the common sense that God blessed you with, you would see the error in your ways. Like, 
This coronavirus is not airborne. They said that several times. But y'all going and destroying all these people, goddamn stores and shit. Y'all causing Walmart and Winko 24-hour stores to close. My Walmart closed at 10 o'clock last night. Winko closed at 8. Y'all caused these stores to close. And then the stores already put up signs that said that they don't have enough workers to accommodate people. Like, they don't have enough workers to stock the shelves that quickly as uh, things are running off the shelves. They don't have enough workers to ring and check people up. Checkout times that usually are 20 to 25 seconds, 5 minutes. These fucking times, you're waiting 3 hours in line to check out your groceries. Why? Why? This isn't hurricane. Like, this is shit that pe- that people do when they panic when it's hurricane season or something. This, is, this isn't that. So you got a virus that isn't airborne that's only spread when you cough on somebody. And, and the symptoms, if y'all look up the coronavirus symptoms, the first symptom that they tell you to do is self-quarantine. If this virus was so serious, why the fuck are you self-quarantining? They said if you haven't gotten better with, with, within 7 to 10 days of your self-quarantine, then come to the hospital. Guess what? What else do you self-quarantine from? The fucking flu. You self-quarantine when you get when you get the flu. Why? Because you can heal your damn self. That, that, those are the same symptoms. Anybody who knows when you get the flu, you self-quarantine, you drink a lot of orange juice, and you get you 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 take medications that build your immune system. You drink a lot of liquids with the flu, and you get better. If you don't get better with the flu within seven days, you go your stupid ass to the hospital. This is the same quote unquote thing with the coronavirus. And guess what? People are getting better. We have no reported deaths where I'm from. We have one fucking we have one person in Tarrant County with the coronavirus. One person. An 88-year-old man. And guess what? They declare our fucking thing a state of national emergency. They done shut schools down for one old person. One old person. That old person would have probably caught the flu and died anyway. Let's be honest. He probably would have caught a cold and died. They said so many things that he had. Like he had uh, glaucoma. He had asthma. He had respiratory failure. He had heart failure. His leg amputated. Like I know that's somebody daddy. And somebody's son, you know what I'm saying, he was going to die anyway. He he ain't dead, but he probably be dead in a second. Like, this man had too, many, too, too much stuff to fight. People like that, you get a cold, you're going to die. Like, that's not reason for people to panic. And then and then let's take it further. You got Tom Hanks and his wife. They don't wrote on Instagram, oh, we just caught the flu. We were down, I mean, the coronavirus. We was down here shooting a movie. We, we ain't heard from Tom Hanks since Forrest Gump. I didn't even know Tom Hanks was still alive. You done came your ass on here talking about you got the damn coronavirus. You you just want somebody, and, and watch, mark my words, he gonna magically get better. And then that's gonna boost all of his ratings and all of his stuff. Because guess what? Tom Hanks gonna be like, I survived the coronavirus. That's gonna make him real fucking popular. Watch he start going on TV. Wendy Williams probably invite his ass on there to talk about his experience, his life or death experience with the coronavirus. Like, be for real. Be for real. I didn't even know Tom Hanks had a wife. Now you and your wife gonna be instant fucking celebrities overnight. Like, for real. For reals. Like, this is what we doing. Okay, Carmen, damn, you ain't had to go like that, sis. Get up. So, 
I just want to thank her for coming on and giving us her spiel, honey. She was not playing. I love it, man. It's always good to be knowledgeable. It really is. So I just want to thank her so much for coming and giving y'all a little information on what she know about what's going on with this coronavirus and the shit in the U.S. I I just, you know, thank her. Thank you so much. And I want to thank y'all for believing in me and for sitting here listening to my silly ass ramble for two hours. acting crazy so i just appreciate all the listeners thank you all so much check out my social medias go to my twitter ebony diamonds 86 retweet my pen tweet i will always tell y'all that we have a lot of work to do and i cannot do it without you please go check me out author underscore ebony underscore diamonds on ig y'all can just double click for me a few things that make me feel good and then y'all can go check me out on Facebook. I have a million pages, but Ebony Turntine. Um, it should say author is Ebony on the, you know, with the, you know, on the side. So go check that out. And also my new book, Out Hood Love is the Coda, should be out within two weeks. So thank you so much. It's time for some more reggae. So actually, no. What am I going to put on? Hmm. How about some Afro beats? How about some Afrobeat? I love it. Let's listen to it. Good night, diamonds. And again, never forget, fuck them books. Banana fall on you, brother fall on you, cause I'm in love with you. Money fall on you, banana fall on you, paparazzi follow you, cause I'm in love with you. Yeah. Are you done talking? Tell me, baby, are you done talking? Yeah. Are you done talking? Tell me, baby, are you done talking? Yeah. Are you done talking? Tell me, baby, are you done talking? Yeah. Are you done talking? Tell me, baby, are you done talking? Yeah. I don't wanna be a player no more. Yeah, I don't wanna be a player no more. Cause my guys call me Cristiano, Mr. Ronaldo, I'm on Nintendo. Cause my guys call me Cristiano.
wanna be a player no more Cause my guys call me Cristiano Mr. Ronaldo I'm on Nintendo Cause my guys call me Cristiano Mix my own stuff. 